from the elevated flat mind of Kyrie, where real eyes, real lies, real lies, mirror eyes, eyes, eyes on too much acid. Oh no, Chalanga! I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan. We are nothing. We are the NBA podcast. Pawncast, P-A-W-N, as in Kyrie's pawns. Yeah, not um, pawncast like in Game of Zones, pawn. You know, uh, Kyrie Irving this week um, <laughs> got fined for not talking to the media, $25,000 or whatever. And then he made some big statement. I hope that money goes to disenfranchised communities. That's cool. Thanks. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, he could just donate $25,000. Yeah, he could double down. Yeah, he's sprayed it pretty easily. Um, and then he finished off the post with like, I don't talk to pawns as if all media members are pawns. I, I'm not exactly sure who they are pawns uh, of. I, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm uh, confused about his ideology, as I'm sure we, we all are. When you look at what Kyrie's paycheck is and then what your paycheck is and my paycheck is, I I don't like the idea of him calling us pawns, but uh <laughs> Let's all remember that it was not too long ago that Kyrie uh, was convinced by YouTube that the world was flat. So <laughs> I don't know who is more easily manipulated, media or Kyrie himself. It's just like, <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to stick with Coast to Coast NBA podcast um, for now. That's kind of sad. As as interesting as the pawn cast is, I think we got to stick with Coast to Coast. We've got a fun show today. We have Jerry Wackles from Ball Eyes North, local Timberwolves media outlet, joining us on the podcast today. Uh, it's a really great conversation. But before we get to that, we got to do real stupid news. I did it, Dylan. Ooh, I got it right for the first finally. time. Finally. got it. We got to get Chuli to record those drops so I don't have to say it anymore. Uh, <laughs> for real stupid news today, we are going to do some real stupid overreactions to some preseason basketball because what else is there to do uh, during preseason basketball? So let's start up top with my favorite guy, Isaac Okoro. He scored 18 points, 16 points in the fourth 16. quarter. No, well, he scored 18 total, 16 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but he only scored two in the first three. Okay, Dylan, but you got to watch the game, man. He was playing crazy defense. He was all over the floor. Um, he did turn the ball over a few times. He, like, stepped out of bounds and shit. He was, like, a little bit flustered at first. But once he got going, ooh, baby, he hit a couple threes. He got some and ones. He looked great. I, uh, I'm i feeling good about my article. Uh, I think, uh, Tom, if you're listening, I need a promotion after that. That oh like, was the hell of a take. Oh, my God. This is... <laughs> We should probably be taking the least amount of information out of this first preseason game than we ha ever have, as if we should have before. We've had two weeks of these players on these teams. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We we should not glean anything real from these uh, uh, preseason games, mostly because Alexej Pokashevsky, our favorite guy, oh my scored God. 14 points. He was four of eight from three. He had eight rebounds and two assists. Dylan, is this real? Is this are, are we living in reality? Can this guy play? He can really shoot. This that's that's the real st stupid part of this is yeah, that he, he can really can, he really can shoot. He really could dribble. He was doing a little pick and roll action there, and I don't know if if he's going to be able to dribble in a real NBA scenario where Jimmy Butler is picking the picking his pocket of his four and a half foot dribble. But he looked like pretty tight, like it looked close to his body and it looked like pretty low. So um, 
that's kind of exciting for him, not for us, because we've been so damn low on him. And he's he could kind of pass, but can he finish? While he was four for eight from three, he was only one for four from two. And that was including a, ooh, a, a bad try hook, as, as what I'm calling it, like a or maybe a good try hook. I don't know what to call it. It was a, it was a fake sky hook. It was very close in. It missed the rim. It missed the net. It hit nothing. I'm pretty sure it bounced. Yep. I uh, I can't wait to see him go up against like PJ Tucker or Paul Millsap oh, or God. James Johnson and just get rocked. That's what I'm Go-go. excited for. Gonna Glovington that to hell. <laughs> um, let's overreact to Lamelo Ball, who went zero for five scoring zero points, but he had 10 rebounds, four assists, two of which were beautiful behind the back passes. The one to Miles Bridges, where he passed around the back forward. Oh, my God. Miles Bridges in in transition, full speed. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. It gave me a heart attack. I mean, but we knew he was going to be able to come into the NBA and do this. Um, As long as he has four turnovers as well. Yeah, he's going to have a lot of turnovers and he's going to miss a lot of shots as he did last night. I do think watching that uh, Hornets roster, though, I think their roster makes a lot more sense than I thought it did. Um, and and I'm interested to see how that works out. And I'm really ready to uh, be disappointed by Anthony Edwards and uh, really severely uh, sad that the Wolves did not draft a Lamelo Ball. Yeah, yikes. Um, <laughs> in terms of Lamelo, though, I kind of like this PJ Washington Miles Bridges combo. Like the both of those guys can get up, so maybe we'll see some good oops this year. Yeah, that team has a surprising amount of athleticism, um, and I, I mean they're interesting for sure. There's a there's a lot of disaster potential, but they're interesting. Uh, and finally, Harry Giles the third has arrived ladies and gentlemen he came into the nba much hyped as being a do-it-all big man who could pass dribble shoot defend and he did it last night he scored 18 points 14 rebounds one assist uh three steals and two blocks oh my god he looked like a king do you know who also looked really good last year former king rather the blazers (laughs) yeah <laughs> you looked really good last year, uh, preseason for the Blazers. Ooh. Anthony Simons. I'm not yeah. going to glean anything out of what Harry Giles is doing with the Portland Trailblazers. I think that they have they have probably good preseasons because they have good practices. Because Terry Stotts knows what he's doing. Yeah, you know, I have a I have a friend who's a, a Kings fan. Shouts to Parker, um, and he has given me warning to never believe in Harry Giles, and also you know, has said he is so scared that Harry, the second Harry left the Kings is the second he was going to put it all together and figure it out. Cause his, his, Harry's flashes to him are like, I mean, it's like genius level basketball player, the way that he can pass and his athleticism, he can really get up. I mean, he is, he's special. If he can stay healthy and, you know, figure it out, watch out for Portland, man. Right. He was the number one pick of the draft. I mean, coming out of high school, uh, possibly. Yes. And so um, great for him. Was it a revenge game? And we won't see anything else from him from here on out. Maybe probably to possibly who knows? Uh, yeah. I mean, he is like the fourth string center on that uh, Blazers team. So not a lot of pressure, which is good, but uh, you know that their development uh, system uh, should be, should be good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Great. And that was real stupid news. Uh, let's move on and let's welcome in our guest. Ooh, something not stupid. The man responsible for keeping our eyeballs on Timberwolves media coverage, Mr. Ball Eyes North himself. Jerry Wackles, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah. So tell us about Ball Eyes North because y- y'all are super, super new, right? Yep, absolutely. So um, Ball Eyes North is a project I wanted to start uh, months ago, actually towards the end of last season, um, as far as being a, a place or a hub that I can kind of gather all of the best Timberwolves content that's out there. So whether that's you guys at Zone Coverage, um, you know, Canis Hoopus, A Wolf Among Wolves, you know, all of these awesome Timberwolves sites and, and blog sites that uh, us fans can read about. I wanted kind of one singular place that people can go to then find all of those those great pieces. Then the pandemic hit and we went nine months without Timberwolves basketball. And I just thought, well, this isn't the time to start it right now because interest wasn't all that high, I don't think, for a while. But then as training camp was getting closer and the off season was kicking off, um, I thought now's the time. So I uh, started the website, uh, balleyesnorth.com. Uh, and then I like to write myself. I'm not an expert by any means. Uh, I'm not, you know, a professional writer. But what I do like to do is is write my thoughts on how the team looks, on how the team is uh, coming together. And and I like to think that my fandom shows through in my writing. So uh, basically, what I've got is a website that has my own Ball Eyes North analysis, um, Timberwolves analysis from all of the best writers around, and then. Uh, a section with, you know, links to NBA articles. I, I love the NBA as a whole. Um, so whether that's, you know, linking to the ringer or the athletic or the undefeated um, articles that I find particularly interesting, I, I like to link to from my website. And um, and then obviously I've got a Twitter account at Ball Eyes North and then same thing on Instagram as well. Give He's already doubled us in followers. I know it's <laughs> it's wild. You grew really quickly. It's It's awesome. Well, I'll just say your site is beautiful. Um, I think the the vision is nice and you don't, you know what, you you don't need to be an expert to write as long as you have a clear voice and like your fandom shines through. That's what Dylan and I aren't experts. We just started this podcast two years ago and I uh, hope my unprofessionalness always shows through in my writing for the rest (laughs) of my life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's ask you some personal questions. Who is your all time favorite Timberwolf? First, I want to say Timberwolves fans, don't don't kill me. I understand KG is the Timberwolves goat. He is he is the he's the all time great here with this franchise. He is not my favorite all time wolf. It's it's our our current best player, Carl Anthony Towns. And I'm I'm a new school guy. I love offense. I love shooting. Yeah, it hasn't led to like a ton of winning like KG brought, but I don't know. I just love watching him. He's so much fun. And then, um, you know, with everything he went through, you know, over the off season mm-hmm. with his family, he's just showing a lot of strength. And and I just think he's, I think he's a great person. Absolutely, big ups to Carl Anthony Towns. I think that's a great choice. Who is your least favorite Timberwolf of all time? Uh, how about Nduti Eby? Just kidding. That's, that's <laughs> probably too too far too far back. Um, uh, do you have any articles up uh, right now at Ball Eyes North that, that are up or, or coming this week? This will probably be released on Monday. So anything coming up? Yeah. So so first of all, I'll just I'll just say um, I'll have post game summaries on the website. You know, as quick as I can after every game, uh, just a two minute read probably of just just really quick thoughts from the game. Other than that, though, things I've got to promote right now. I wrote a what I really 
thought was a great article on what we can expect from Anthony Edwards, you know, not only this season, but in the future. And I, I had a lot of fun writing it. And I think that um, people will have fun reading it if you're a big Wolves fan and, and a big Edwards fan. Um, that's up on my website. And then I will have one later this week that was really fun about kind of reading the tea leaves of what this what happened throughout this last offseason and kind of what I think Gerson Rosas' grand plan is and then how we can look at all the future moves in terms of in terms of what that plan is. So just kind of using that the context of what I think he wants and how he's built this team. So that should come out later this week. All right, well, dope. Everyone check that up, uh, out at balleyesnorth.com. And remember to follow on Twitter and Instagram at balleyesnorth. Uh, let's transition into this game recap. Um, you know, I was going to do a big old rant here about game accessibility because <laughs> why is it so hard to watch NBA games? Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save that for, for another pod. And I want to talk about, I want to start with, I think, what everyone is, 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 wants to talk about, is most curious about, and that's Anthony Edwards. So, Jerry, what are your first impressions of Anthony Edwards seeing him play this uh, this preseason game? Yeah, I love talking about Anthony Edwards right now because the yeah. potential just seems seems endless. Um, first, first impression when I saw him on the court is, holy cow, that guy is big. That guy has an NBA body. And so I think mm. it was reported that he was 6'6", 230 all of a sudden, which I thought was, was you know, I thought that might have just been blowing steam, but he looks like it. And he is, he stands out physically, uh, which is, which is great, but you got to still know how to know how to play. And he certainly looked most comfortable when he had the ball in his hands and didn't seem to know where to be off the ball on offense, which is perfectly fine. He's been on the team for less than a month. So my thoughts on it and full disclosure, I did not watch the full game. It, I, it was, Solanga. it was my roommate's birthday last night. So we had a fire. A couple people came over, sat by the fire. It was projecting. a fire. Oh, like a campfire. Okay. Like a bonfire. It was projecting it what we were dangerous. adding, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I did, I did catch Anthony Edwards quite a bit and he just he really did seem like he did not quite know what was going on I think he his his like IQ and and like the definition of his role will need to be very clear for him and he's gonna really have like stuff that he's gonna need to do and Ryan is gonna need to run some stuff for him to get him like engaged and going and and really have a plan for him on the offensive end Otherwise, you know, I think he's going to be Dion Waiters-esque, you know, standing in the corner, hands up, like, happy to ball. <laughs> he was literally ball, doing that. <laughs> it was literally like this. It looked like Ryan coached him how to, like, he's like, when you're not on the ball, just be ready for it. Just be ready for the pass. He's like, I'm right here. I've got it. Speaking of fire, though, Chalanga, yes, I'm ready for a fire sale. Of all of my Anthony Edwards stock, he is up Whoa. for adoption if anyone wants to buy him because Whoa. I did not like what I saw <laughs> at all. Oh my god, he was jogging up and down the court. There were there was that there was one specific time I remember where they were in transition. He was closest to the basket. He could have easily gotten around. All, like there, I think there were two defenders that were in the area, but like no one was running. If he just would have put on the gas, which is what he's supposed to be good at, is his explosiveness. He would have been able to get a pass. I think it might have been Jake Lehman who got the who got the steal. It might have been D'Angelo Russell, but someone who I believe could have thrown that oop could have gotten gotten him the ball close in. And maybe it would have just been a layup. Maybe it would have been an amazing oop. I want to see him dunk. Use that athleticism, okay? 
Yeah. That's what you're here. That's what you're on the team for. What is Ryan Saunders doing? Just run a couple of plays where like this kid can run across the court during a, during the offense. Like give him something to do. That's Ryan Saunders' fault. I I know that we ran a couple of ISOs, maybe pick and rolls with him, a lot of pick and rolls with him. But I don't want to see that every time for the Wolves. Like we already have the D'Angelo Russell, and he's the best pick and roll player of anyone on our team right now. Maybe Ricky Rubio as well, but that's not where I want to see him start to grow. Like when when we're in preseason, let's not do the thing that he already has been doing in Georgia. Let's tr- try to get him working on other things, the skills that he's actually going to need. Where he's like, hey, I don't need to be the first player on this team. I can be the second or third. Like there are already guys on this team that are better than I am. I understand that. Like he's open about that. So run some plays where he's not the first or second or third option, but where he can run around the court and isn't just standing around with his hands in, up his ass. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. I'm, uh, Ryan I'm, Saunders, I'm all out, by I'm, the way. I'm really I'm curious. Right. I'm really curious to, to kind of see where he fits in in, in this offense and, and what his job is actually going to be. Because, it, I mean, obviously he, he is incredibly skilled at attacking the basket and he's an incredibly confident shooter. I don't know how good of a shooter he will end up being, but the confidence is there. So I'm curious to see as the, as the season progresses, how his role kind of progresses. Um, that's let's, let's move on speak. Cause I want to talk about <laughs> aggressive and, and in my opinion, Carl Anthony towns looked quite aggressive last night, which, which was tight. He looked really ready to go. What did you think of Carl's game last night, Jerry? Yeah, uh, Carl, he he came out, he came out firing. What did he have? Two and ones in the first, you know, first three, three possessions or so, um, which is great to see. It's awesome mm-hmm. to see a big man like him. I mean, he was driving around Valanciunas and, and going to the going to the rim. And you can tell that he's already benefiting on those drives from better spacing, because if he's driving from the outside, that means there's probably no one else over to help inside. So he was he was drawing some fouls, which is which is great. He needs kind of that extra boost from the foul line, I think, to take his offense even even higher. Um, you know, he went 0 for 5 from 3, which kind of sunk his efficiency a little bit. I'm not worried That's, about. That won't happen in the yeah, regular. That might yeah. not happen in the rest of his career. Yeah, yeah. Was, they were all good go shots. Four, so he might go 4 for 5 on on Monday night. That you know, so it, it I'm not worried about that. And I mean, he got, I think like 13 shots in 20 minutes or so. So mm-hmm. I think he's, uh, he's going to come out firing this season. I'm really, really excited. And, and his defense seemed pretty good. He bit on a few, you know, of those, those classic cat, you know, being too aggressive on a block. Uh, he bit on a few of those right off the bat, but other than that, I thought he did a pretty good job just walling up and, and kind of protecting that paint. One of the first end ones he got was when he stole that pass that was supposed to go to Malik Beasley. He was just streaking down the court and he was just like, my ball. <laughs> and he went to the basket. I love that aggressiveness. I love that he did get five three-pointers up. I want Carl to take 10 to 12 three-pointers a game. I want him to just be <laughs> like, I, I, I want the volume to be insane for him. He should be taking 20 shots a game. Half of them should come from three. And like this team just needs to maximize that offense around Carl Anthony Towns because the man on his own is a top 10 NBA offense. Like he has consistently shown that when he is on the court, the Timberwolves offense is really good. And so let's like, let's maximize him. It seems like D'Lo is really down to get him the ball. Um, and he seems really confident and comfortable. Dylan, do you have any thoughts before we move on? Yeah. Uh, so my thoughts on Carl were actually defensive. He looked very aggressive. I know he always sells out for the blocks, but he actually looked like, 
when when switches were happening, he wasn't fully selling to the player he thought was going to shoot the ball, which I thought was really good. And he had three blocks. I mean, in 20 minutes, three blocks. I'll take that all, every night. Um, and so I, I think that he's going to show a lot more effort on the defensive end and leadership on the defensive end. And that bodes well for Minnesota. He makes one of those three pointers. In theory, we win that game, you know? Right. And and so I, I, and I'm not taking anything uh, from the second half to heart, obviously, because John Morant wasn't playing in the fourth quarter. But uh, we were down three at the half, and Carl was already at least like 0 for 3 from uh, from three-point land. So like it, he just needs to make one of those. And then we're right in contention with the team that was the eighth seed in the West all year long. I, I do think we'll be better than the Grizzlies if we're coached properly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dylan is Dylan has completely sold all his his Ryan Saunders stock, and I, it's just yeah, it's gonna make things a little <laughs> bit uncomfortable because I I still have faith and I want him to get a fair shot with like a full roster and a full year and just like some regular shit. You know, he's had a very tumultuous start to his coaching career, Dylan. <sighs> yeah, I'll need to I, see how this season goes, and but. Sir, I certainly may be right there with you after this season or sometime during, but for now, I'm still, I'm still cool with Saunders. I, I am giving him, I'm giving him until we miss the play-in game. And if we miss the play-in game, I'm 100% out. I, I think we need to fire him. Uh, let's, let's move on to the mashed potato man himself, our favorite Timberwolves power forward, Jake L, Jake Lehman. What are, what were your thoughts about him seeing him in the starting lineup last night? I know we talked about a little bit at the beginning, but like, let's, let's dig into this. Yeah. Jake L number 10 in your programs, number one in your hearts. He's, <laughs> he's, it was great to see him start last night. It was kind of a surprise, but you know, we heard it was maybe cause Wancho got into camp a little late. So they'd, mm-hmm. they'd give Lehman the start. And I mean, I don't know how, unless he completely regresses and that was an aberration. I don't know how you don't just move forward with him as a starter because he was, I mean, he flies all over the court. He's got activity on both ends. He's smart on defense, which more so than being, I mean, he's, he's athletic and he's long. That's great, but he just knows where to be. And he was constantly in the right spot, which I think is, is, most of the battle for this team on defense. Um, and then, I mean, on offense, he was just making himself available. Every time someone drove in, every time someone, or every time he set a screen, he'd roll to the rim hard and ready to receive the pass. I, I just think he's everything we need from that four spot. So loved it. Loved his performance. I think there are only three things that could keep him from being the, the starting power forward throughout the year. One, he gets hurt. Cause obviously that's been a struggle his entire career. Two. Juancho Hernan Gomez starts shooting like 42% from three and like that his, his spacing contribution is like, is so overwhelming that it doesn't matter if he can't defend anyone. Uh, three, the Timberwolves trade for PJ Tucker. That's like pretty much the, pretty much the only things that in my eyes would make it so that Jake L couldn't be the starting. What what, what do you think Dylan? You gave me a look. I I just don't know what we're going for. If we're trading for PJ Tucker, like does he want to play on the wolves? If he doesn't want to play on Houston, like what is, what are we doing? Where are we in terms of like trading for PJ? I know that we don't have to give up a lot to, to get PJ Tucker, but PJ Tucker feels like he would go to a team that's more entrenched in the playoffs. I mean, he might not even play. He would probably Andre Iguodala, the Timberwolves. No, but, but I mean, the, the Timberwolves are, a incredibly better than the Houston Rockets without James Harden. Like, oh, excuse me, I just burped. Depending on who they get. If they get Ben Simmons. That's true. 
that's a conversation for another pod. <laughs> yeah, JL yeah. is tight. I think he is very much the classic glue guy, right? You know, he's out there, he's communicating, he's not making mistakes. He just is making the right play consistently, which on a roster full of players who uh, consistently don't necessarily make the the right play, like Josh Kogi running to the basket, jumping, not knowing what he's going to do and making an insane pass that usually ends up in a turnover. You know, having someone who is just going to like, do the right thing and be in the right place in the starting lineup and also just like talk out there you could tell that he's really communicating he's helping with the defense he's helping getting people moving on off i mean he's he's like really a, a great glue guy out there uh regarding jake l sorry i i do want to add something that where i actually talk about jake layman um he's i think he's improved his three-point shot every every single year he's been in the league like last year he didn't play a ton but he was up to 33%. And if he can get, if he can stay around 33% or even get to league average right around 36% or something this next year, which he shot really well last night. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he shot. Let me see. Uh, he was two for two last night. So that's pretty yeah. good. Um, but if he can be close to league average, then for sure he should be playing for this. I mean, he is not only a good help defender, I think he's an even better help offender. He's so good helping the offense move along. Like when it's stagnant, he knows how to move in order to keep the ball moving off yep. the ball. He knows how to move with the ball. He can, he can really drive with the ball. He can cut, he can throw the, he can make the pass. He can make the pass before the assist. Um, he, he does kind of everything at an above average level, which is something that I, there aren't a lot of players on the Timberwolves who do all of those things. Uh, Juancho, while he's intriguing in terms of his length, doesn't do anything except for shoot from the perimeter, basically. So, um, as much as I wanted him to be the Dario Saric, uh, of this team, I don't think that Juancho is going to be there. And he and can't so, make layups. Yeah. I'm, Gomez cannot make layups. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it I know. sucks. Like he got swatted viciously a few times last night. Was, yeah. yeah. For, for a guy who looks like he's so long, I think he might even have a, I think he has a seven foot wingspan. Like, how do you get blocked like that? Yeah. Just not being very strong. Well, one more thing on, on Jake Lehman is uh, he's, he's a great fit, not only with the starters, but he's a great fit with the second unit too. If, if that ends up being a role that he, um, that he takes on, I mean, he'll have for the most part, a great passing point guard with him on the court, 48 minutes a game. And he cuts smarter than anyone else on this team. I think but with both Rubio and Russell, I think he'll just feed off of, they'll love him and he'll feed off of those, those bullet passes to, for easy layups. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, this is a, this is a pro Jake L podcast. We and dunks. Trying... Jake L it oh, is low key athletic yeah. high key. Maybe he, he is, it, it was improperly labeled when he came to Minnesota as a shooter because, because he is white. Um, but he is more of an athlete and a slasher and a dunker than he is a shooter, at least like in his career, but his shot's looking good. So, you know, um, white, white basketball players matter too. Um, no, cut that out, Dylan. Nope. (laughs) No chance. God damn it. Dylan keeps getting, I keep getting Trumpy stuff on the pod because I make a joke and then I ask Dylan to cut it out and he won't cut it out. Let's move on. I don't want to, I'm feeling embarrassed now. Let's talk about Jalen Noel because I, after seeing him play last night, I get why Jordan McLaughlin was not a, um, uh, a priority for the Wolves this season. 
Uh, just because, like, I feel like he, Jordan, J-Mac is good, solid third point guard. He came in and stepped up really, uh, like, a lot for the Wolves last season. But seeing, like, Noel and just the upside that that dude has making pull-up threes from deep, like, that last shot he made, I know it was a bank shot, but that was from, like, the logo. It was insane. Uh, what did you think of his game last night, Jerry? Yeah, Jalen was was awesome. I mean, we didn't really get to see much from him last year, so it was kind of cool to get him, you know, give him the keys to the offense and and watch him watch him cook. And yeah, he was great. I think I saw he outscored the Grizzlies. I mean, it's fourth quarter of a preseason game, sure, but I mean, he outscored the whole Grizzlies team mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, which is always always cool. Um, and I agree that it kind of makes you think like, what do we what do we need Jordan McLaughlin for? And I was big Jordan McLaughlin fan last mm-hmm. year. I still am. And if they bring him back on a two-way contract, great, good, good for him. But you know, this, this front office, this is going to be a kind of tiny tease into my article later this week. Like they're not Jordan McLaughlin has a, a pretty specific ceiling on what he's going to be able to do. Uh, and Jalen Noel's is higher um, exponentially higher. Mm-hmm. And, and this, the, they're not going to use a roster spot and risk losing a guy like, like Noel for, you know, a, a, the safety of having a third string point guard, they're going to keep that a scoring guard like Jalen Noel to be that third string point guard if they need it, even in a weird, unpredictable season that could bring, you know, a lot of COVID absences. I think they want a guy with some pop that can mm-hmm. be that third point guard, or even maybe you just need a spark, you know, at the end of the first half when things aren't going well, you just need someone to come in and get shots up. So I think Noel's he's got a role to play on this team somewhere. And mm-hmm. I think last night was kind of just the, the start of that. Yeah. So I, I view, Oh, go ahead. Dylan, no, no, you go for it. Uh, you I, sure? I was just gonna say, I okay. view him as, you know, the, the, the shot putter upper like Keelan Martin was last year, but he's got so much more, uh, uh, so much more of a dynamic game. He can dribble better. It looks like he should be able to facilitate decently well. Uh, and not that we've seen that much of it, but he's got a he's smooth handle. I mean, if you look at his tape from Washington, he did that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I like him. And and before this season started, I had no, you know, I was like, ah, Jalen Noel, I'd like, I don't think he's going to make it just because we hadn't seen him. But it, it's cool to see him come out with confidence and really make some shots and, and give like Timberwolves fans and myself like some hope that like we got someone uh, on the come up who could be awesome. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing, like it, the ceiling is his height. Like it's his, he's NBA size. And unfortunately for, unfortunately for Jordan McLaughlin, he's never going to be NBA sized. And it really, it really hampered him early on in the season last year, but then he was able to kind of figure it out and really great for him. It's awesome. I hope he can be like a Shabazz Napier where he can kind of have an NBA career and be at the back end of some of these rosters. But I just don't think he fits for what we what we want, what we need. We're not a team that needs another like guy who can slow down the offense and just kind of keep things rolling and uh, get some pick and roll points when you need them. Um, so uh, yeah, going for the high upside guy like like Noel is 
important for the front office, I think. Um, and then on top of that, uh, the one thing that I have to just say about his performance last night is he also shot 45% from three in the G League. And then he was playing against a bunch of G Leaguers last night. And yeah, he looked pretty good. So who knows what's going to happen once the regular season starts. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, that. but this is what the first game of the preseason is for, overreactions. You know, like, mm. let's let's look at the best thing that happened for all these players. Uh, the That's last why player, we're here. That, exactly, exactly. Um, I want to talk about our, our other player from Washington, and that's Jaden McDaniels. Now, uh, for some reason last night, I didn't get a chance to. The, I, <laughs> I, I asked Dylan today, I said, did he even touch the ball? Like, I don't know. He, he really, oh, yes, he did. I, I didn't. I just didn't so, happen to see any of it. So, Dylan, he, catch me up. He comes into the game and immediately on a dribble drive, he gets the ball. <laughs> he tries to drive and he gorgie jinged himself. He traveled. And then wow. on the ensuing possession of the defensive end, he fouls. I don't remember who it was. And I was just like, yikes. Uh, Chalenga, at least you were right about Isaac Okoro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. And I'm going to continue to take my victory lap around that. Jerry, what do you think of, of McDaniel's game? Yeah, well, he was. I just looked it up just to see. I mean, mostly thank he should thank Jalen Noel because Jaden McDaniels ended up being a plus five. He looked really high last night. That's the one thing I I noticed. He looked like he was blazed, and he kind of always looks like he's blazed. So I don't know if he just has sleepy eyes or if he's actually a pothead. Thank God for no drug tests, right? Yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter this year. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? It's all good. I mean, we look at um, Malik, uh, not Malik, uh, Michael Beasley, J.R. Smith. You know, notorious potheads who were not assisted by being high all the time. You know, I feel like they couldn't really maximize their talent because they were high all the time. So, uh, we'll see. I don't want to make any assumptions, but it's just something to 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 look out for. Um, let's move on to some more overarching. Um, you know, big picture look looks at this team after one preseason game. Um, what are like, I want to talk about like any major problems that we saw, anything we see being difficult for this team to overcome moving forward. Um, is there anything that really stuck out to you, Jerry? Yeah. And it was a problem last year and I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't become a problem, but defending those, those little, um, the little point guards are the point guards that just can break you down and get into the lane off the dribble. I mean, we got roasted last year by D'Lo, by Damian Lillard. We got, I mean, they just fed off Kyrie 50 guy. points in the first game Kyrie opening game. Right. Exactly. I mean, they get into the lane and, and then last night, John Morant. And I think full disclosure, I think John Morant's going to be an all-star this year and make kind of make that, that leap he just kept getting in the lane and kicking out to open three-point shooters he'd just collapse our defense and kick it out and the grizzlies aren't a very good three-point shooting team and they missed uh, a few of them last night it could have been i think worse than it than it was when but John balanchunas won. made one balanchunas got one uh, so so that was that was big for them um so i think it's gonna be it might be a problem again and the only real fight that was put up was when Jarrett culver guarded John Moran, I think he did a did a really good job. I just don't know if he's the guy that is going to be getting all the minutes to play point of attack defense. So I don't know. I I hope it doesn't stick around as a problem, but I think that's going to be kind of the same major problem that we had last year. I I think the hope for that is that Malik Beasley can really engage defensively because he has the athleticism and he, you know he's not big, but. I think that he's probably a better match against those guys than D'Angelo Russell is just because D'Lo doesn't 
move like that, you know? I think for me, one of the the biggest worries I have about this team is the the passing. I don't think this mm-hmm. is a very good mm-hmm. passing team. Outside of D'Angelo Russell and, and Ricky Rubio. And I, Jake I, L. And, and Jake For L. his position. He passes above his position. Yeah. You know, I, the Wolves had 17 assists last night, which is low. Bad, yeah. Yeah, and and I just didn't see a lot of ball movement. It was a lot of like first pass options or a lot of ISO, um, simple pick and roll. But the, like watching Memphis, especially because I feel like that starting lineup with Kyle Anderson and Ja and Dylan Brooks and even Valanciunas is a is a quality passer. They were really kicking that ball around, and especially once they got into the paint. Sometimes you would see two, three passes in the paint to get like an open, uh, an open layup, which is just something that we don't see from the Wolves hardly ever. Um, and I, I think it's less of a problem of not having enough good passers, and it's more of a problem of having too many ball stoppers. So Carl Towns, you know, has the ability to pass, but oftentimes stops the ball. Anthony Edwards is a ball stopper. Malik Beasley is a ball stopper. Uh, Josh Okoge is a turnover machine. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this team's ability to pass. Dylan, what's I'm, I'm definitely worried about the Josh Okoge jump passes. <laughs> <laughs> jump pass is not a move, but I agree with that. There was a moment where we were playing five out. One of the moments where we were playing five out, I don't remember exactly who was on the court, but Anthony Edwards started uh, the possession and he just passed it to Ricky Rubio, who passed it to Malik Beasley. And they, and they were just literally passing the ball around the perimeter and i was like what is that offense maybe maybe Ryan. It's a passing issue and more of an off-ball movement issue yeah the, you know the wolves defense has been known to be stagnant and if ryan saunders wants to initiate this pace and space he's, he's been talking about how fast he wants to run his offense don't run isos let's get a little bit more positive what's giving you hope about this team after this first game Dylan, I want you, I want I want you to go first because you've been so negative. What's giving you hope? What's got you feeling good? Uh, Anthony Edwards' smile. Uh, I know, Ant Man. <laughs> I'm giving you up for adoption. The news has broken. That's sweet. But uh, he is so damn strong. That picture of him in the preseason or in like the pregame, uh, whatever the picture release that they did, where they're like, "Are you ready for the game?" Timberwolves Twitter posted that. I was just like, I was smitten with the size of his arms and I'm always smitten with the size of his smile. So. Aww. Well, that was really sweet. <laughs> I, I, that is depressing that that's the only good thing you gleaned from this game, but it is very sweet. And I appreciate that. Jerry, what's given you hope about this? That game? was, that was really touching. That's hard to follow. Um, yeah. Anthony Edwards gives a ton of hope. Um, but I would say, it's just the fact that this team is going to be able to score and they are going to be able to shoot the three. They shot 37% on 35 attempts last night. And that's with Towns going 0 for 5 and Wancho going 0 for 4, which I think those guys will both be able to shoot a high percentage. Like I, Their shooting is, I think, going to be as advertised. Um, how many other questions are out there? Yes, there's a lot of them, but um, they will be able to shoot the three and that's what they want to do anyway. So I think, you know, I think at the very least they'll be able to do that. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The shooting should be good. The thing that gave me hope uh, I, it was just Carl Anthony Towns's aggressive play. I, I think that's going to be, that's kind of the bottom line for this team. This team can't be good if Carl isn't aggressive 
And seeing him be so aggressive made me feel like this, I mean, this could really be the year that we make the 10th seed and lose the first play-in game. But like, <laughs> that's exciting. You know, that that makes like that, that play-in game to the playoffs against Denver uh, when Jimmy was on the team, that was really exciting. And I, I'm excited for Timberwolves basketball to matter, even if it only matters a little bit, you know? <laughs> Timberwolves basketball lives matter. So our, ooh, okay. Uh, let's, uh, I guess, yeah, that's better than white basketball lives matter. Uh, so <laughs> what is your, uh, Gary, what's your over under for this team? And let's think about it in terms of 82 game season, because that works better for everybody. Um, after seeing this game, what's kind of like, uh, the line for them or how many games do you think they're going to win really? Yeah. So I, I've, so if we're talking in terms of an 82 game season, uh, I think a realistic 38 to 40, 40 maybe being optimistic, but I think I think they're going to get into the nine or ten seed. I and if I just did a, I did a real quick sketch, and I think we'd be the nine, uh, the nine seed, and I think right at about 38 wins. That's under five under 500. 33 um, to 35 wins in a 72 game in, season. In a 72, yep. So I think 34 would be a reasonable expectation in the 72 game season. Um, and yeah, getting the nine seed, I think, I don't think that means everything went right, but I think that means that they are, that the things that are good or that we think are good are going to be as advertised, the things that they're going to struggle at, I think they'll, they might struggle at. And I, I don't think that that's, uh, yeah, I don't think 34 wins means everything went perfectly, but I think it might be a little optimistic, but that's where I'm at. No, I'm I'm into the optimism. So last I checked, the Vegas line was like 27 and a half wins for this, for the Too Wolves, low. which is too low and i I tried to make a bet but then i I realized i have to call my bank and approve international purchases because i have to go to whatever um (laughs) wait why is it why are you making international bets about this i guess my bookie goes through like they route through an international source i don't i don't oh i thought you had a cameroonian bank account no 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 no. so i got a fraud call Uh, they were like this is the fraud protection services i was like oh no that was me I was trying to put a hundred dollars in my my bookie account. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I uh, I think like the best, the best, the ultimate outcome of this team where thing everything goes right. Carl kind of like grows into that role. D'Lo is like everything that we've been promised that he is. Malik Beasley looks good. Um, even if Anthony Edwards can only contribute a, a little bit, I think that this team's peak would be like forty five wins in an 82 game season which is high and i don't think that's gonna happen because like a, a lot would have to go right um and 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 honestly preseason before watching this game i was a little higher on the wolves bench than i am now i still think the bench units are gonna struggle especially at the five ed davis did not look good um Oof. so i think i think a real realistic uh uh mark for this team would be 38 wins in an 82 game season um so definitely under 500 they don't really strike me as a 500 team i I think there's just too many holes and there's too many teams like that are similar in to them in the west um and i just see more things that could go wrong for the wolves than you know necessarily like the the spurs for example (laughs) um so i think 38 we're a deep team with like below average nba players yes (laughs) precisely you know like after our after our best five it's like uh would these guys play on another nba team sure but they'd be the eighth player 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dylan, what about you? Uh, I guess like I I I haven't really thought about it since the last podcast. What did I say last time? I I think I was way too optimistic. Right now, I'm feeling like I'd be so happy with 35 wins. I'd be so happy with that. Mm-hmm. But do I think that we'll get there? I think Jerry has it right. 34 wins would be just fine and uh, sounds like a pretty realistic goal for us. So, yeah, if they can knock on the door of that 10th seed, even that's like that's better than last year. And so that's that's all that matters to me. All right. We're going to end with a couple segments. Uh, we're going to do each give go around and give our freezing cold take of the north. So in our freezing cold take of the north, we uh, give a take that is almost too cold or too hot to say on a microphone. But we have to say it on microphone anyway. Uh Jerry, do you have one? I do. I Hell do. Yeah. I don't I don't know how hot the take is going to be or how freezing cold it's going to be. Mine is Malik Beasley will be the second leading scorer on the team at over 24 points per game. Whoa. <laughs> that is a freezing cold take. That's shocking. That's shocking for me to hear. You know, Delo averaged 23 a game <laughs> last year. Wow. I mean, if if our big 3 can score like 75 points a game essentially i think that that is a playoff team (laughs) you know what i mean that's like that is kind of best case scenario i love that i love that i I just decided mine because i thought that we were just doing a cold take of the north for jerry but now that we're doing everyone's doing one um my new cold take is that i think jake l is going to be the fourth leading scorer on the Timberwolves, and I don't know if that's going to be in a good or a bad way, but he scored a very easy 10 points last night. <laughs> I <laughs> It could I be really good, and it could be tor- terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's like the the most uh, uh, up or down take I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, you can see him um, outscoring Rubio, right? I mean, that's not that's mm-hmm. not crazy. And then after that, you know, who, who else is going to be the, it? I guess, Edwards? But, you know, he may not maybe. be. Yeah. <laughs> Edwards is a big old maybe. Um, mm-hmm. My my freezing cold take is that by the end of the season, the Wolves will have four 40% three-point shooters in their starting lineup in Carl, Malik, and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Yeah, if Malik they, plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the word on his suspension? Do we know? Or what's what's going on there? We haven't heard anything, but he's playing. Yeah, I don't know. I They might be waiting just for some type of sentencing to happen and then they'll decide based off of that. So for sure. Yep. Nice. I bet that's what the plan is. All right, Dylan, let's do your Lindsay Waylon. Would you rather and uh, sign off? Go ahead, Dill. Okay. This one's a little basic this week. Uh, pretty straightforward. Would you rather have Anthony Edwards or LaMelo ball? <laughs> oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> tough one. Tough one. I, I did catch a little bit of LaMelo's game before. Uh, before the the Wolves game, and I, I gotta say, I mean, he just he just goes for it out there. He was dealing behind the back passes. I mean, everything you saw on on film in Australia, he he did it here, which I think. And then he obviously also had zero points and you know whatever else. He was exactly kind of as advertised. I still I'm an Anthony Edwards guy. I'd still go Anthony Edwards because I think if you if you look at everything that happened in the playoffs in the bubble, you need that off the dribble scorer to take your team to the next level. Now you obviously have to get to that level to then get to the next level. Um, and there's no guarantee he'll get there, but the long term of the league is a six foot six, 230 pound wing that can shoot and is more athletic than everyone else on the court. 
And I'd be willing to bet higher on that than a, you know, genius playmaker that might have trouble scoring in the league. Yeah, over yeah. five. <laughs> over oh, five, pretty bad. Uh, Lamelo certainly was more fun to watch <laughs> yesterday, just because um, of one behind the back pass. I mean, he had a couple two, assists. Two but... behind the back passes. Okay, he had that one dump off to Biombo uh, out of the dunker spot. It was really beautiful. Um, I pick neither, and I pick Isaac Okoro. Okay, so Chalanga, then just go for it. <laughs> Look, I love Anthony Edwards. I'm happy on the team, but I'm Isaac Okoro looked incredible last night. He looked in the fourth so quarter. <laughs> he looked good the whole game. He just wasn't taking shots because that wasn't his role. Darius Garland and Kevin Love and Andre Drummond are the shot takers. He's just there to defend, and he did it. All right, Jerry, what do you say? Would you rather have Isaac Okoro or Anthony Edwards? You know, I got. I still have to stick with our our guy Anthony, but. I, I didn't catch Isaac Okoro's game, but I did read a little bit about it. And I will say I, I loved him in the draft. Uh, I thought that if the Tim, before the draft lottery, I thought if the Wolves get a three, four, five pick, whatever, um, they got to go with him because he would seem to be exactly what they need. Um, I would still take Edwards because I think just overall the athleticism and ability to create your own shot um, just will, will end up being the longer term you know value play. Um, but Coro could change my mind. Yo, I'm a little psycho. I admit it, but I did think the Wolves should have drafted him number one overall. Kind of a little bit, a little bit. I thought. Oh, yeah, you didn't, you really didn't think that, but now that he's better, you're going to go back into that take full, full head on <laughs> head full of steam. That's why I said a little bit, you know, I, th- there was a little bit of an argument for it. Um, you, you did write that article. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. Jerry, thank you for coming on. This was awesome. I, I love your insight. I think you are an incredibly intelligent fan. And I think welcome. we really appreciate that. Yeah, thank welcome you. to the Timberwolves uh, blog boy community. We are also <laughs> fairly you. new, I guess. The pond boy community. Yeah. We're all just pond. Um, well, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, any Anytime you need, would love to hop on and offer, um, offer my misguided insights. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you. Don't forget to follow Ball Eyes North on Twitter and Instagram and check out balleyesnorth.com. It is a beautiful site. Again, thanks everyone for listening. And I didn't get music for this week. So my God.